Do you invest in ETFs? Whether you're thinking, what in the world is an ETF? Or you're looking for the next opportunity to add to your portfolio. GlobalX has you covered. From big tech to bonds and bars of gold, GlobalX offers a wide range of exchange-traded funds. Go beyond ordinary with GlobalX ETFs. Visit globalxetfs.com.au. That's globalxetfs.com.au. Are you thinking about starting your wealth-creating journey but not sure where to put your hard-earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. Hey there, here's a quick note. This podcast contains general financial advice only. That means it's not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So don't act on the information until you've spoken with your financial advisor. You'll find our full disclosure, disclaimer, and link to our financial services guide in the show notes. This is a conversation on everything you need to know about personal finance. We're going to try and do it in 20 minutes. And as always, joined by Drew Meredith from Waddle Partners. How you going, mate? Pretty good. Cool. Excited for this one. Yeah. So, what we are going to do in January is we're going to bring you kind of everything that you need to know about a particular topic in the shortest amount of time possible. And then in the show notes, you will find a link to resources that we've used or where you can extend your knowledge. There'll be five key points for each of these topics and we'll run through a whole heap of them. So, in this instance, we've got personal finance, which probably makes sense to start with. We'll talk about things like passive income, portfolio construction, value investing, whatever you like, we will talk about. We've got a bunch of these episodes coming up and we would love to hear from you. If there are any topics you would like us to drill into in 20 minutes or so, let us know. You can write to us. Uh, The links are on the RASC websites. There's a big thing in the menu that says, ask a question. You can use that to submit your feedback or a question for us or something to cover. So, Drew, we're talking about personal finance. Um imperative you're a financial planner everyone needs to know about personal finance exactly and the probably we were discussing beforehand the level of education on personal finance is incredibly low yeah it's kind of great to see what happened during the pandemic in terms of people engaging with investments but the the level of knowledge is still incredibly yeah we held an event not too long ago and even a someone who's a qualified financial advisor said i can't believe there's so many people that want to talk about this stuff yeah, that um, wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Uh, there is, this is so important. And you might be thinking, well, this is the Australian Investors Podcast. If we wanted that, we'll go to another RAS podcast. Well, the f- reality is I've found that most people can't invest their way out of a savings mistake. And the wealthiest people typically have their personal finances shipshape before they start investing to then grow that wealth. And so, um, I guess there are a few key points I want to hit here, but by far- Saving and saving money is not necessarily about how much you earn, it's about how much you keep. And that's typically defined by the savings rate. So when we think about profits of a company, you've got revenue minus costs equals profit loosely. Um, with your personal balance sheet, you've got your income minus your expenses equals your own profit or your savings rate, which you can do whatever with it you want to do. Um, I find this quote, the second thing that I wanted to touch on is this quote from Morgan Housel in The Psychology of Money. He says, 
Doing well with money has little to do with how smart you are and a lot to do with how you behave. And that should be reassuring to most people like myself. <laughs> it's, it's this challenge of immediate gratification, isn't it, at the moment mm. when you're talking about personal finance and budgeting? Oh, yeah. The, I don't want to stereotype, but a lot of younger people typically are associating you know, wealth or things with like other types of things that we might do, say on our phone where we get an instant answer or instant response to something, that feedback loop. Yeah. When basically every study shows us when it comes to money and money management, that it's the opposite. It's actually the longer it takes, you know, the, the more time you have, the better it will be. Yeah. Um, and so it's trying to rewire our expectations in a lot of ways. Like in investing, we talk about how we want to be long-term investors, yet we measure quarterly results. Or in the case of fund managers, we measure them monthly, which when you think about it, if you want someone to be a long-term investor, you shouldn't be measuring them every month. And being paid monthly. That's it. A lot of fund managers and yeah. based on quarterly performance as well. That's it. So I guess when it comes to personal finance, there are many different ways to go about it. But I think, and I think you've got a note on this too, Drew, that the, probably the most important thing is to focus on why you are doing something. Like what's the thing that you want to do uh, with money? Uh, for me, the single most important thing that I've ever discovered, and I discovered it in 2022, was to focus on yourself first. Yeah. Uh, and that means, that can mean things like mental health. It can mean things like having some sort of expectation of what you want your future to look like and then working backwards. Like you do this in financial planning, right? You do goal setting yep, and exactly. you try and understand their objectives. Yep. And everyone can do that, right? Yeah, definitely. It's hardest to do it for yourself. You know, they say the plumbers always have the worst pipes or something <laughs> there as well. Generally the same for financial advisors. Yeah. I find that one of the things that really did kind of change my mind, change my life in 2022 when it comes to personal finance was I started working with a psychologist and a life coach, so separately, and it was just an, an excuse to focus on what I wanted. And for me, um, what they did really early on, the initial steps, is they got me to draw a list uh, like uh, on a piece of paper, two columns, the things that I like on one side, like literally it could be like, one thing was like fresh air. And on the other side, it was like things I dislike. So it could be a counterpoint, like I don't like pollution, right? <laughs> like really simple stuff. It could be like, I like being creative or I like building things on one side. And it could be like, I don't like a micromanager on one side. Yeah. And then you use that list and you go, okay, well, what are the things that I value from that list? Like just broad strokes, you can use that. And then you can use that to then basically what we call a vision board, or you could just be like a list of goals or something like this. Like- I want my life to look like X because I like those things. And so for me, then I created a series of, not to get too into the weeds, but I created a, a board of things that I wanted to achieve, whether it was travel, kids, family, buying a house, exactly. And I did that in my, I bucketed it in columns. I did 20s, 30, I'm not in my 20s, but I could do if I was in my 20s, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and so on. Yeah. And then in those columns, you put the really big rocks, the things that you want to do and, or achieve. Yeah. Because some things you just can't do at certain stages of your life. And then I thought, well, okay, those are my broad goals. How do I bring that back to today? And the reason this is, I find this important, Drew, for investors, for anyone that's listening to this, is that at any one point in time, you only have a finite amount of capital. Yep. You have a limited amount of money. Just like a portfolio manager staring at a portfolio thinking which stock or which thing do I invest in, you have to make a trade-off between certain positions in your life, if you think about it like that. And oftentimes, we don't know why we make decisions with money. 
until like it's too late until we've spent the money yeah, yeah. so spending and managing your capital your private capital with intention is really important so i'll give you um an example of like a lot of people like want to go to the pub with their mates on the weekend or they want to go grab a wine or whatever they want to do right now you might discover through this process of like introspection that yes you like doing that and that's okay it's not a guilty pleasure it's just a pleasure there's no i don't think there's really that much that Guilt. many guilty pleasures yeah. in life to be honest yeah i think that's a bit of a misnomer but you might discover that hey actually those things don't bring me happiness but playing golf on weekends does yeah or that one trip a year to New Zealand is the thing that I want to do. Yep. And then what happens with your personal finances? Personal finances do not become a sacrifice. It becomes a rearranging of priorities. Yep. So instead of saying, I'm denying myself this, no, actually, you know what you want. So you're not denying yourself anything. You're just reorientating. Putting a framework yourself. in to, to help maximize it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's, not, it's no longer... The, the worst thing about budgeting is everyone hates budgeting. Yeah. <laughs> so well, This kind of reflects what I think one of my biggest points was we, we get a lot of people come in and talk about, you know, what they intend to spend over the next 12, 18 months, whatever it happens to be, and build a budget forward looking. Yep. But as you've just explained, you need to look at why you've made decisions in the past and how much money you've actually spent. Retrospective budget. Exec- yeah. You've got to look backwards always. It sounds counterintuitive. Yeah. But the only way you know what you're going to spend is just to know what you spent in the past. And then potentially there's things you can control within that mm. uh, and and kind of accelerate your personal finances. Yeah, I think so for a lot of people that maybe are younger that listen to the show, I know we have a lot of aspiring investors and whatever. Um, Charlie Munger would always say that like, the first million dollars is the hardest. There's the same thing applies to personal finance. If you don't want to be a millionaire, you just you're happy just, you know, living within your means or whatever, the first 100000 is by far the most important. Yeah. And the quickest way to get to $100,000 invested is to save your butt off. So how do you do that? Well, you maximize your income and you minimize your expenses. Yeah. It's a very simple scenario. The analogy would be if you have a shovel, shoveling as much money as you can into your portfolio. You need the biggest possible shovel that you can possibly get at any one time. And the reason that this is important is oftentimes when we're investing the first three to five years, you feel like you're getting nowhere. You're getting dividend checks of $4, $26.50 from Vanguard, and you're thinking, I What's thought this point? thing was passive income. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what, how am I going to live off this? But when you get to $100,000, if you've got a 4 or 5% portfolio, a portfolio yielding 4 or 5%, all of a sudden it's 4 or 5 grand, and you're like, well, that's, that's like a return trip to Europe. Well, yeah. Now I can start to see how this thing works. Yeah, yeah. And then the snowball is just incredible because that 10. 10% on 100K is 10 grand plus your dividends. You know, if you can start to look at that sort of return, that's when things really ignite. And the key point there is to get started and get started early. I think if yeah. you talk to, I'd be personally the same, Jamie, my business partner's the same. If someone asked you what you'd change from, you know, the last 20 years, it probably would have been invest. You know, you spend your early mm. 20s to mid 20s not doing, you know, consumption, yep. not necessarily investing, but it would have been. Go out, buy property, go out, invest more aggressively yep. uh, and look further forward. So, just get started is like yep. the most powerful message. Yeah. I think, I, I you know, when I st- I've actually stopped asking that question on the podcast series, like, <laughs> yeah, what would same. you change? Because it's the same every time. Yeah. It's like, I wish I started sooner. Yeah. Like, everyone says, all, like, nine out of 10 people say exactly the same thing. All of these people, some of them billionaires, many of them billionaires actually, say exactly the same bloody thing. I wish I started sooner. Because we all ended up starting in our 30s or towards 40s. Yeah. yeah. And like, sure, we're not saying like if you're in your 30s or 40s, good on you for starting now. But the reality is like the best time to plant a tree was, you know, 
20 years ago, as they say. <laughs> the next best time was 19 Today. years ago. <laughs> and then the next best time is like, like just start now, basically. So uh, give it a crack. And I, I just one more thing that I will say, maybe before I hand it over to you for some, some ideas on this, mate. We get a lot of people write into us and say, you know, I've got a credit card. Uh, I got a personal loan. Um, when we heard from Glenn James the other night um, at a Rask event, he basically said, "He goes, I don't think I've ever met someone who bought a house in their twenties that also had a car loan." Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because you, those things t- don't fly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If, if you've got high interest debt, it's very, very hard and uneconomical to, to then invest. If you pay twenty percent on your credit card and you have a diversified portfolio, just pay off the credit card. Exactly. That's it's the first. Yeah, we we got that many young staff in our in our team, uh, and the first thing you always ask is, "Do you have any personal debt or yeah. credit cards?" If they want any advice on on finance, yep, that's get, the get biggest free kick. Yep. And the thing is, you know, we have maybe on the RAS podcast. I know you're a bit different with this, Drew, but on the RAS podcast, I'm very firm about just get rid of the dang credit card. The reason I have to say that is because of our position. If I said, oh, you know, you could point hacks and do all this sort of stuff, <laughs> one out of every hundred people would be like, oh, point hack, and then they go and get sucked into this vicious cycle of credit cards, and we don't want that. Yeah. But if you're responsible, like I remember you saying back in the day with Afterpay, you can use it for budget budget management. Sure. Free money. Yeah. But a lot of people <laughs> were like, we're getting that trap, and it's they just spiral out of control. Yeah. No, I think yeah, it's not, um, yeah. the way I use credit card is essentially automatic payment every month deducted from my savings, so- so there's, you're, you're there's hitting no it every time. There's no issue that you're going to pay 20% interest or anything like that. Exactly. Yeah. So, what we're saying is if you have a, tw- a credit card, which could charge a 20% now, and you have a portfolio that's probably going to maybe a diversified portfolio gets you 10% if you're good, um, after tax 7%, like, it's a no-brainer. Get rid of the thing that's shooting a hole in your pocket. The same applies to mortgages as well. Yeah. So, essentially, you're getting a guaranteed return equal to that interest rate by paying off that debt. Yeah. Because you're not paying that interest rate anymore. And that's if you flip it that way, then it makes complete sense to pay it off. Yeah. And I guess the- So, that, so what Drew's saying there, if you, if you have a mortgage charge of 5.5% interest, if you pay it off, that's 5.5% saved. Yeah. But there's also no tax on saving money. That's the big one. It's exactly. tax on investing, not on saving. Yeah. Um, so, if you're thinking a dividend stock for 4.5% or pay off my mortgage for 5.5%, well, after, before ta- or after tax, that 5.5% is actually something like 8 or 9% return. Yeah. Much better. Yeah. So, and you can do that in another way. I, I would probably advocate for people making the most of offset accounts, which is not necessarily paying back the loan. It's just offsetting it. So, you have this special account set up and it deducts that equivalent amount of interest. That's what I, my, mine's basically autopilot. So, offset account against mortgage, or there's two offset accounts and credit card directly paid from the offset. Yeah, perfect. Every month. That's, and that's, yeah, I, we haven't mentioned this, it probably should be in my top five is automation. Yeah. Like, just automate your finances. As much I as mean, possible, just, yeah. yeah. There's, there's this general- Keep, keep looking at your bills, <laughs> particularly gas bills at the moment. But. Yeah, I'd say that, so there are two camps. You should always automate the things that should be automated. And what I mean by that is automate the good things in your life yep. and add friction to the bad things in your life. So, an example would be automate your dollar cost averaging if that's what you choose to do. If you ch- choose to transfer 2000 bucks every month into your brokerage account, automate it. Like, set it to run the day after you get paid. Yeah. But if you have an issue with, say, sports betting, like don't have that app on your phone. Yeah. It's not going to be perfect. We all know that with vices, but it might help. Yeah, yeah. So you're adding friction to something that's potentially bad for you financially, making something easier for you. With bills, 
annual annual bills like car insurance, even mortgages. Like easiest ways to pay to get ahead financially is to just n- try to save on those whenever they come up. Definitely. So not automate them because they have that loyalty tax. Yeah. Like existing car insurance customers pay more than new car insurance customers. Existing mortgage holders pay more than <laughs> new. And there's some things you can't control, like your registration or your rates for your house. You just have to you pay have to, them. So they should be automated. Yeah. yeah. Don't even think about them. You can't complain. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> your insurance you can. And that's one of my big messages is review everything regularly. So at the live event, uh, one of the messages that came out was that someone, or I think it was one of the questions, that people save you know, $500 a month just yep. by calling their their loan provider, yeah. their insurer, whoever it was. And yeah. you see the UE ads all the time. Not a sponsor. But um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, they say, I save this much just by actually Googling and comparing. Uh, and I, you almost have to s- not automate it, but set a date in the calendar. Maybe it's the 2nd of January or something. Yep. Uh, Life admin yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> and not, just, the, not the first because <laughs> you'll be a bit dusty. <laughs> you just get your angry mood up and, and call yeah. All the biggest providers, because that can be significant. You don't think about it. Five hundred dollars a month is significant. massive. Yeah. yeah, that person that wrote into us, uh, they didn't. They didn't refinance it in anything. Some people think you need to refinance. You don't yeah. have to. You just call them and say, "I'm going to move," unless, um, and see what they do. That 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 bank, by their reports, I think it was more than fifty base points or zero point five percent. They just took straight off the mortgage. Like, do it exactly. <laughs> like, just do it. Like, just do it. Uh, like uh, one of the other messages was just be better personal finance or just personal getting personal general? yeah just life advice um, my big one was I was kind of take risks we were talking about it before yeah, we're on yeah. air um, and don't be too narrow I guess because mm. we're you know all the education can be very focused on a single thing but you want as much broad experience I, I read a lot of books at the moment um, and it's very much about 20s you, you don't no one needs to know exactly what they want to do at any point yeah. so take risk find out what what you what you're good at where you can add value yeah the the that's probably the the, the big thing that the big thing that i want to like like lampoon on the the, the the all of the rest shows is like we in australia we tend to have that poor tall poppy syndrome where someone achieves something and you're like ah oh, you know Look at them. They did this thing or did that thing, and they shoot. We shoot people down. So, yeah. like a lot of people deserve criticism. Everyone maybe deserves that at some point, but at the same time, they don't have that culture overseas where innovation, particularly in like Silicon Valley, yeah. is no. You gave it a crack, didn't work, move on. Yeah, exactly. And the way I weigh this up, Drew, and I'm I'm pretty sure you're the same. Is when you're young, you have time to recover. Yeah. So that's that's an obvious free kick if you want to try something. Um, and then even when it comes to investing, even people that are in, say, their 60s, which I know a lot of people you deal with, they're in the 60s, a lot of people think, well, I'm you know, getting to the later stage of life. I don't need to invest for the long term. You're like, well, no, you're probably going to live 20 or 30, 30 years. 40s, 30 or 40 years sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So, actually, you probably should be quite- You're always investing for the long term. Yeah. You should be quite ag- like aggressive in the way you think about growth and these types of things because- those are the things that will, will pay off. So take those risks, but just make them calculated. Yeah, we're not saying like single stock portfolios, which I he- I've heard thrown around <laughs> recently. We're not talking about that crazy stuff. So, yeah, I, I, we've kind of 
straight away from talking about the two big nuggets that it come with um, personal finance, one being superannuation and another one being property. We'll cover them separately uh, in a session. So keep an eye on that in your podcast player if you haven't already seen it. Um, so we'll dive into those separately because those two things in particular will either save you or make you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yep, so those deserve their own episode. But um, I guess in terms of resources, there will be a list uh, in the show notes. The first thing is, if you haven't already read The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel, I think it's like one of the best books ever written on finance, but it's not a hard read. It's, it's such a brilliant read. He has this ability to captivate fund managers down to someone that has $20,000 credit card debt, never learn about finance. Like yeah. everyone will learn something from that book. It's the reason that it sold millions of copies. And there are many others in um, the reading list that is available in a Google Doc that we can put in the show notes. But finally... I will leave people with one activity, and I don't think we've spoken about this on the Investors Podcast before, Drew, which is, it's called the 10 Things Activity, and Kate, my co-host, is a huge advocate of this. Um, You basically start with a blank sheet of paper or like a Google Doc or something like that. In one column, I want you to write down all the things that you spend, all the things that you do that bring you happiness. Yeah. So, one through to 10, the things that bring you happiness or joy. Then in another column, I want you to write down the 10 things that you spend money on in order. So the most expensive, like might be housing, transport, mortgage, mortgage <laughs> all of those things. Then I want you to draw a line between them and see you might be spending a heap of money on one thing and it brings you the fifth amount of joy. Yeah, That's a mismatch. You need to write that. And it's a very simple way to identify or rearrange your priorities in life and where you're spending money. You can also do the same thing with your time. Where are you spending your most time? One through to 10. That could be in yep. the work environment. Like where do you spend your time? Like I know you do a lot of content, Drew. Yep. Um, rearrange the priorities. It's called the 10 things activity. You'll find a link in the show notes. Super easy to do. It's in a PDF. You can share it with your friends or family as well or even your colleagues. But Drew, that's personal finance. 20 minutes. We didn't cover everything, but we did a pretty good job. We got it done in time for once as well. So Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Kept our promises. <laughs> So, we'll be back with more episodes just like this one where we dive deep into one thing. Uh, You can find Drew at waddlepartners.com.au slash contact and links will be in in show notes. Drew, until the next one, thanks for joining me. Thank you. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest... Now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says Invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.